You're listening to the free edition of Sweden in Focus from The Local. If you would like to listen to a full-length version of the podcast, as well as an additional midweek episode, please check the episode notes for details on how to upgrade to Membership Plus. Here's this week's free edition. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the first Sweden in Focus of 2024. Sweden in Focus is The Local's weekly news podcast and in the interests of transparency, this episode was recorded on the 14th of December. I'm your host, Paul O'Mahony, and I hope you enjoy this preview of the year to come, whether you're a seasoned listener or you're new to the podcast. And if you like the podcast, please recommend it to someone else you think might like it or leave a review wherever you listen. I'm glad to say that I'm joined for this episode by all our regular panelists. James Savage is with me here in Stockholm. And in Malmo, we have Emma Lovegrain, Becky Waterton and Richard Orange. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. So last week, we looked back at the main news events of 2023. And this week, we're going to turn our attention to the year ahead in politics, migration, the economy, entertainment. And we'll also hear some of the locals' readers' predictions for 2024. So let's get straight into it. In politics, Sweden's right-wing coalition government and the far-right Sweden Democrats put their heads together at the end of the year to spruce up some elements of the TIDA agreement that underpins their cooperation. What can we expect from the government in 2024 after the renegotiation of the TIDA agreement and beyond, Richard? Well, when it comes to areas covered in the agreement, which is mainly crime, immigration and integration, but also health, climate and schools, I think it will be more of the same, only perhaps less so, actually, as most of the big controversial inquiries and laws sort of promised in the agreement have already been set in motion. So, I mean, I I can think of a few th- more things they might do, but I think it will be largely more of the same. An area that might be interesting, I think, is climate, because the big reduction in the biofuels obligation comes in in January the 1st, and that's left a big hole in Sweden's emissions reductions plan, and a new climate plan should be ready by January the 1st, and I think will be will have been announced by the time this podcast is out. So, there's talk of a trading system which will give fuel retailers like Prem Shell or OKQ8 the choice of either putting biofuels in petrol or diesel or like buying the right to emit carbon. Mm. And that that might also replace the existing CO2 tax on petrol and diesel. It's unclear when that would come in, but it would be some way out. But I think what's interesting is whether the far right Sweden Democrats will be okay with that. I mean, presumably they're discussing it right now. But I think that might be interesting, see if there's a bit of conflict over that. But I think what will probably be the most interesting over the year will be what happens around the EU, which is outside the TEDA agreement. So they don't have to agree on stuff. And there's a European election in June. And the Sweden Democrats already 
already stepping up rhetoric around European Union membership, calling, among other things, for a referendum lock, which would require a referendum to be held for if there's any major transfer of powers from the national to the EU level. And it'd be interesting to see whether they become more radical in the run-up to the election and how that affects their uh, relationships with the moderate liberals and the Christian Democrats who have a different view on the European Union. And also, the election result, of the results of the EU election could also affect the the way the parties get mm. on with each other. Because if the moderates, liberals and the Christian Democrats are all really struggling in the polls, and if any of them get a really bad result in the EU elections, this will m- put more pressure on their leader. So, for example, you know, th- there might be the moderates who are opposed to relying on the Sweden Democrats might get more outspoken and say, well, yeah. you know, this isn't working. You know, this we're being punished for this in the in real elections. And if the Liberals lost their only MEP, that would also put pressure on Johan Pershon. You know, that would be a reason for people who mm. are against the Liberals participating in the government to come out of of, of hiding and, and be more outspoken. And again, if the Sweden Democrats had a really big election disappointment, that would be something they're not used to at all. And that could lead to a bit of turmoil in the party or might make them more radical. As for the different party leaders, I think that they'll probably all stay in place over the next year, even though a lot of them are under pressure. So, I mean, what's been really remarkable over the last year is just how stable this government's been. You know, the, the Liberal have put up with some really illiberal laws being proposed and the Sweden Democrats, even if they've come out with sort of quite radical statements in social media and in speeches and stuff, within the government department, it seems to work quite well. So I think it will probably hold up for the next year. And obviously the TIDA parties are prioritising what they call their paradigm shift on migration in this government term. What are the main changes to migration policy we can expect to affect immigrants to Sweden in 2024, Emma? So at the start of the year, we expect the Migration Agency to roll out this new processing model for work permits, which is meant to speed up waiting times for international talent by setting up new international recruitment units, which will not only process cases, but also work closely with employers on the applications to make sure that they're complete. And this was what the now former head of the Migration Agency, Mikael Ribevik, described as his his baby when we interviewed him on the podcast last year. So unless I'm forgetting something, that's actually the only concrete thing we know is actually happening this year in 2024. There are a lot, a lot of other things in the works, like language tests for citizenships and uh, permanent residency applications or uh, withdrawing asylum if there are no longer any grounds for asylum. But they're all kind of a longer way off in the pipeline, so they won't come into force in 2024. There are two inquiries that are supposed to present their reports this year. One of them is looking Mm. into extending the period that you have to have lived in Sweden before you're eligible for citizenship from five years. Well, generally five Mm. years, there are exceptions, to around eight years. And we expect that report to come in September. So I see it's as unlikely that anything concrete is going to change this year in that regard. The other inquiry will present proposals for raising the work permit salary threshold from like even higher from the current 80% of the median to jobs that pay the actual median salary, which today is 34,400 kronor. And it's also expected to suggest exceptions for possible Mm. exemptions for skilled workers that Sweden needs. 
And this inquiry is supposed to present its report by the end of January, so quite soon. In theory, I think this should give the government enough time to put it into force this year. In practice, from what I understand, there is a bit of disagreement in the government about who should actually be exempted. So it's possible that it will take them longer to agree on what should actually be proposed in the formal bill. And I think those are the main bits. But like I said, there's a lot of different kind of things to keep track of. Okay, thanks for that, Emma. Another high-priority task for the government is ensuring Sweden finally joins NATO. They won't need reminding that the previous Social Democrat-led government submitted the application in May 2022. So what's the likelihood of Sweden finally getting into NATO in 2024? Well, officially, the Swedish government, other NATO governments and the NATO top brass say it will happen. But we've heard that before. So there are two obstacles now, Turkey and Hungary. Hungary has said that it will not be the last to ratify Sweden's membership, as we've talked about in the podcast before. And if we believe this, that means that all things, everything hangs on Turkey. Now, we're talking about 2024 here. It's the 14th of December. This could theoretically all be wrapped up in 2023. So maybe by the time you're listening to this, it will all be done. As we speak, the applications being examined by committees in the Turkish parliament But it's become clear now that the biggest remaining factor in all of this is Turkey's wish to buy F-16 planes from the US. So the question is, will the US sell the planes to Turkey? And will they resolve their game of chicken, whereby both sides want the other to fulfil its side of the deal first? Of course, even if the F-16 deal goes through, other things could still disrupt the application. For instance, something happens in Sweden that angers Turkish opinion. And we know that the Russians have it as one of their aims to disrupt things in Sweden, to disrupt the application. Or perhaps something happens that disrupts the Turkish-US relationship. Now, we've seen uh, on the one hand, on the positive side, that Turkey and Greece have been getting on a lot better. There was an, Erdogan was in Greece recently. That removes one potential obstacle to the Turkish-US relationship. But now, with the situation in uh, Israel, Palestine, Gaza, um, Erdogan has been out praising Hamas, for example, and that really doesn't help things. So there's no guarantee that Turkey will ratify. There's also no guarantee that Hungary won't backtrack on its promise. Hungary has numerous disputes with the EU and with NATO. Viktor Orban, the Hungarian prime minister, is known to be close to Vladimir Putin. And so he has every every, every incentive to, to, to kind of um, put, put a spanner in the works, as long as it doesn't disrupt any of his other interests, chief among which is, is money. So while it looks likely that Sweden will get into NATO reasonably soon, there's absolutely no guarantee. And there's so much that can happen to disrupt it, both now and potentially well into 2024. Uh, Before the Christmas break, we asked readers of The Local to give us their predictions for Sweden in 2024. So, Becky, what are readers telling us? Well, the majority of people who responded to our survey, when I was doing the research for this episode at least, thought that things were going to get worse. Around a fifth of people thought things would remain the same, with a slightly smaller amount saying they thought things would get better. Mm. Of those that thought things would get worse, cost of living was mentioned quite regularly, as well as gang violence, increasing anti-immigrant sentiment. Quite a few people thought that the Sweden Democrats and the government would blame immigrants for problems in society like crime, stagnating wages, as well as ignoring issues like staff shortages in healthcare and other industries. Mm. A few people also predicted that 2024 would bring with it a rise in populism, a rise in Islamophobia, xenophobia, 
as well as a continued weak krona and a continued recession. The work permit salary threshold was mentioned too, uh, which will continue to affect immigrants whose permits run out this year, and predicted stricter rules for immigrants, which will make it harder for us to all settle down in Sweden. Positive predictions, on the other hand, included no more key interest rate hikes and maybe even seeing mortgage rates lowering in 2024, as well as unemployment dropping towards the end of the year. Some people also mentioned that Sweden would ban Koran burnings and join NATO, or they predicted that these would happen, which I guess is positive or negative, depending on where you stand on those issues. Although most people were saying it as a positive thing. In terms of hopes for 2024, lots of people just wanted a proper summer. <laughs> it was quite dreary in 2023, so I think uh, a lot of us would recognise that. Also just hopes that inflation would go down, interest rates would go down, violence and gang violence would decrease. A few people also wrote that they hoped Sweden would win Eurovision again. We've got Eurovision in, in Malmö this year. On a more serious note, a few people said things like they hoped there would be increased dialogue amongst different groups in society and that their negative predictions about the year were proven wrong. So, yeah, a mixed bag there. Really interesting. Thanks, Becky. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We'll turn to energy now. So the government made a big show ahead of the 2022 election of wanting Sweden to build new nuclear power plants to meet its future energy needs. Are we likely to see any progress on these plans in 2024, Richard? Yes, there will be a bit of progress. The state-owned power company Vattenfall is due to publish the results of its preliminary study into building a a new small nuclear reactor at Ringhals, which is one of the existing big power stations, by the end Mm. of this year. And next year, the company's management will then go and discuss these plans, those the findings of that preliminary study, with both its board and with the government. So there will be meetings around that, Mm. and they will talk about the feasibility and which different types of small modular reactor will be most appropriate. And there's also a government inquiry, which is ongoing right now, into speeding up permitting process to to make it easier to build new nuclear power stations, which is due to be delivered in December. So that will come right at the end of the year. And I think what the government will try and do and has been doing all of this year is to spin any kind of results of inquiry or any sort of meeting with Vattenfall as a step forward for nuclear power, because they want to look like this is happening. But what I think you won't see, and what won't happen, or probably not anyway, is for the government to decide on how much financial support it will give to new nuclear power plants, or alternatively, how high a power price it will guarantee to anyone who wants to build them. Because 
As Anna Bori, Vattenfall's chief executive, told Swedish radio in a long interview in the middle of December, nuclear power is not commercially viable. And she said that IEA estimates, IEA is the International Energy Agency, that it is roughly twice as expensive as offshore wind were about right. That's what she said. She said that's probably about right. So I think the government will avoid agreeing or saying anything that will allow opponents of nuclear power to say, well, this is going to make your electricity bill twice as high, or this is going to make Swedish companies uncompetitive internationally. But unless they do say how it's going to be financed, then no company is going to commit to investing in a new nuclear power station. So I don't think you'll get any kind of commitments on that side either, unless they move ahead with the financing. Thanks for that roundup, Richard. So let's change subject now completely. So last May, the Swedish singer Loreen won the Eurovision Song Contest for the second time with her song Tattoo. And that means that Sweden, as the winner, will host the event in 2024. A few cities in Sweden expressed an interest in hosting, but Malmö was eventually selected. So how is your home city gearing up to host Eurovision, Emma? Well, all hotels in Malmö sold out almost as soon as it was announced at the host city. And a lot of Malmö residents are actually gearing up by renting out their apartments to visitors and trying to figure out how much Sweden's very strict rental laws actually allow them to charge. And uh, no, you're not allowed to overcharge. Like everyone I know in Malmö is thinking of renting out their flat during Eurovision and 100% overcharging, which shows how Swedes are sometimes willing to just completely ignore the rules. I'm charging 10 times what we normally charge. (laughs) But don't do that because you're not allowed. Well... And unless you're staying, also it's worth knowing that unless you're staying in the apartment yourself and only renting out one of your rooms, you probably also need to make sure that you've got your landlord's permission to do it. Mm. But I'm looking forward to it. So Eurovision Village, which is the main space for fans to gather in, in between the semifinals and the final, or if you want to come to Malmö to experience Eurovision, but you didn't actually get tickets for the event, that will be in Park, which is the main park in Malmö. If you want to work during Eurovision as a volunteer... Applications are now open and they'll be open until January 7th. And they say that people with language skills will be high in demand. So maybe any readers are interested. I don't know. But you Mm -hmm. need to have bank idea, apparently for security reasons. So you can only apply if you have a Swedish personum. Well, you won't get paid. And unless you've got a role that means you're based in the arena, you don't get tickets for the main shows. So I don't know what the benefits are other than being able to get work experience if you're trying to boost your CV, I guess. But I'm keeping my fingers crossed for press tickets, though. (laughs) Thanks for that, Emma. If we go back now to the locals, readers and listeners, in a survey just after the 2022 election, many readers told us that they had experienced racism in Sweden and a lot of respondents said they were more likely to leave Sweden after the election of a government that relied on the support of the far-right Sweden Democrats. Now, over the course of this year, we've seen a radicalization of the rhetoric used by the Sweden Democrats, in particular regarding who they think belongs in Sweden. And 
A delegate at their recent Congress, for example, said the culture war wouldn't be won until a named Swedish drag queen had been deported. And Jimmy Orkeson called for the removal from Swedish towns of visible symbols of Muslim identity, while Jews in Sweden have faced increased anti-Semitism in the wake of Israel's war with Hamas. James, how do you think this situation is likely to evolve in 2024? Will Sweden do more to protect minorities. I'm really pessimistic about this, I'm afraid to say. In fact, I think this is going to get worse before it gets better on so many fronts. First of all, I think the Sweden Democrats recently, what we've seen is that, you know, as you were saying, they've been ramping up the rhetoric because they see that it works for them. They also see that they, um, you know, with the with the other, with the centre-right parties moving on to more of their territory when it comes to immigration and, and, and law and order, they are differentiating themselves by going further to the right when it comes to rhetoric on immigration, rhetoric on, you know, cultural rhetoric. So this is, I think, something that they are going to double down on this year. I would be very surprised if they didn't. And, you know, given the situation in the Middle East, given the, given the war in Gaza, I can, I can certainly envisage that uh, anti-Semitism is going to get worse. We know all around the world attacks on Israel very quickly often flip over into 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 straightforward anti-semitism and we've seen lots of demonstrations about the Gaza war most you know which for 80% are not anti-semitic but the the remaining hardcore you know involves a lot of anti-semitic sentiment and i think we're going to see we're going to see a lot more of that um, would be my prediction there i think we're going to see more of a, a, a stronger reaction from the government i think you know Ulf Christian has been very clear on anti-semitism that it's completely unacceptable but what's he going to do in practice it's going to be very hard for him to do anything concrete but but you will expect the rhetoric from at least Ulf Christian and other leading politicians to be quite strong on that but i think in general in in terms of racism in uh, in terms of the culture war in terms of the situation for minorities in Sweden, it's very hard to be optimistic. Okay. Thanks for that, James. Uh, Not very cheery. (laughs) Sorry. It's fair to say that 2023 was a tough year financially. Inflation led to soaring costs across the board and the Swedish central bank, the Riksbank, continued to raise interest rates for much of the year. If we look ahead to next year, what's going to happen to the Swedish economy in 2024? The short answer is that things will probably start getting better in the second half of the year. That doesn't mean that key interest rates are going to start dropping just yet, though. Swedbank predicts, for example, that the key interest rate will remain the same now until around June 2024, where it will drop. We've already seen a few banks lowering their interest rates for fixed term mortgages, and this is expected to continue with mortgage rates dropping more significantly around the second quarter of 2024. Handelsbanken expects that homeowners will be paying around 4% on their mortgages at the end of the year. Real salaries are also expected to rise in mid-2024, but the work permit threshold I mentioned before could have knock-on effects on the labour market, and particularly the skills shortage Sweden has in some sectors, as well as a general smaller workforce, according to Handelsbanken. Households' disposable income isn't expected to rise until 2025 as the labour market improves and as interest rate payments start to go down. And the picture is kind of the same for house prices too. Swedbank predicts that prices will bottom out in the first half of the year before rising as interest rates start to drop in summer. So households have kind of more money to play with when they're, uh, when they're looking for new houses to buy. Okay, thanks Becky. That more or less completes our news predictions. But before we wrap up, is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to in 2024? If we start with you, Emma. I'm moving into my new house. 
So we finally managed to sell our old house after months and months on an absolutely dead housing market, mm. which, um, as it turns out, also worked out in our favour because when we did sell, the house that we wanted to buy was still available. And it looks like the housing market also for everyone else is finally starting to grind back into action and banks have started lowering mortgage rates too. So so hopefully our mortgage will also be lower than we budgeted for. Great. Yeah, well, you finally got it done. It's been a bit of a saga this year for you, hasn't it? It has. It's like every time we record the podcast, you start by asking me how my house sale is going in and I'm like, yeah, we still haven't sold. Exactly. Well, congratulations. How about you, Richard? I'm just hoping that <laughs> fingers crossed that we will finish this summer house that well mainly my wife not me has been building since 2000 and bloody 19 um <laughs> and but actually that 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 might not happen <laughs> uh, but if it does i'll be very very happy um i'll be very very happy that would be be a, a massive weight off my shoulders to have that done and also to have a nice summer house we can go and stay in we should take bets on which will happen first sweden joining nato or you completing your summer house (laughs) yeah true true you're all invited if we do finish it i remember you writing a guide for the local in 2019 about how to build your own swedish (laughs) summer house feels like that was a bit too premature do it get somebody else to do it How about you, James? I don't have any massive projects in my life. I am hoping that the signs of green shoots in the economy of lower inflation and and perhaps lower interest rates and therefore, you know, perhaps a slightly more slight normalize a slight normalization of the economy will be good for business. I think, you know, the media industry has had a really, really, really tough 2023. The local included, you know, particularly with advertising sales being, you know, really pretty terrible. And also, you know, difficult for people, some some people, you know, if they're losing their jobs, finding it difficult to pay for subscriptions and that kind of thing. So any upturn in the economy will be good for the media business and good for the local. So, yeah, that's that's my hope for 2023. OK, thanks for that. Uh, Becky? Well, I'm going to be eligible for permanent residency in 2024. Very good. Which Ooh. is quite exciting. So I'm looking forward to applying for that, although I'm not looking forward to the long processing times for applications. And I am also a little bit worried that um, new rules will be brought in before my application is processed and they'll be backdated, stuff like that, like what we've seen with the work permit threshold. Although nothing has indicated that so far, it's just something I'm worried about. Once I have permanent residency, I can apply for citizenship too, as long as they don't manage to tighten up the requirements before I qualify. So it's quite exciting. I also turned 30 and it's my five-year wedding anniversary. So it's a bit of a big year on the personal front. Hopefully we can celebrate with a lower interest rate on our mortgage. That would be nice. (laughs) That'd be lovely. So romantic. Well, that's it for the first Sweden in Focus of 2024. Please leave a review on your podcast app if you can. It helps us get the word out. Uh, our panellists today were Becky Waterton, Emma Lovegrain, Richard Orange and James Savage. Our sound engineer is Reese Edwards. I'm Paul Amani, and we'll be back next week with our first regular roundup of the news in 2024. Until then, take care. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's all for this week's free edition of Sweden in Focus. If you'd like to hear a full-length version of the podcast each week, as well as an additional midweek episode with more interviews and analysis, please upgrade to Membership Plus. Make sure to check the episode notes for details on how to upgrade. Sweden in Focus is a podcast by The Local Europe. Our sound engineer is Rhys Edwards. The publisher is James Savage.